0: We are so glad. We're glad that you're with us uh, today. And I'm excited because we got family in the room. Come on. After about 13 weeks, we are finally together, kind of like our phase one. We got some friends and family in the room, some staff, some leaders. Some of you may be invited to join us for the next couple of weeks, but we're glad. Come on. We're doing church together again. we're really, really excited about that. We love you all so much, and we can't wait uh, to hang out with all of you. It was great to hang out yesterday as we did church on the lawn, and we're excited for so much more that's coming up ahead. I'm excited today. Got a message on my heart. We're going to talk about it today for a little bit, and then we're going to pray and believe that we're going to have the best week ever. I want you to grab your Bibles, and let's go to the book of Ephesians. Let's go to the book of Ephesians. And as you're going there, why don't you look at the person next to you and tell them that they look phenomenal today. Come on. Come <laughs> on. Come on, tell somebody with you at home, a family member or a friend. If you're having a watch party at home, tell somebody that they look good today. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. I've missed this. I've missed uh, being able to hear some feedback. I've been imagining it in my mind, but now at least I can hear it. Ephesians chapter (laughs) 4. I would say something and I would hear somebody say, that's good. I'm like, okay, it's myself. But at least (laughs) Ephesians chapter 4. I love the book of Ephesians. Uh, a couple years ago, we did a study on the book of Ephesians. It was one of my favorite letters that Paul um, wrote to uh, church, and it was the church in Ephesus. And this book is absolutely phenomenal. And so we're going to look at a piece today, uh, a message that I got on my heart, and it's been pressing on my heart. And so hopefully it will encourage all of us today. Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to begin to read in verse one. We're going to read a few verses today. So I want you to just stick it along with us. Uh, we're reading 16 verses, but they're going to go by quick. And I want you to understand, highlight, underline. It says this as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity. Somebody say unity. Unity. Keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope of which you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, a grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says when he ascended on high, he took many captives and he gave gifts to, to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Verse 11. Look at what Paul writes here. So Christ himself gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Come on. Verse 14. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Come on. How good is that section of the letter right there? Ephesians chapter 4. Out of Ephesians chapter 4 this week, I want to bring a message that's been on my heart. And I want to to talk to you from this title, Stronger Together. Come on. Stronger Together. That's been our motto through quarantine, through this pandemic, stronger together. Come on, look at somebody next to you and tell them we're stronger together. Come on, we're stronger together. Come on, I already feel stronger already. Stronger together. I'm excited about it. Let's pray. We're going to talk about this for a little bit. And then uh, let's believe that we're going to have the best week yet. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. Thank you for friends and family. Thank you for church. Thank you for connection, God. Thank you for each and every single one of us that's watching today, connected, tuned in. Holy Spirit, we need you. Help us understand that we are stronger together, God. And help us to be united in one spirit, one mind, one body, God. And I pray that you would go before us. Help us to see you clearly. Jesus, we love you and we need you. It's in your name that we pray. All of God's people say, Amen. Oh, come on. All of God's people say, Amen. Come on. Can we give a shout to Jesus one more time? Come on. Well, you know, quarantine has been uh, pretty cool. We've been now going on 13, 14 weeks. Obviously, there's been some difficult times, some challenging times during quarantine. Anybody been through some challenging times? It's been a little bit difficult not being able to go out much. Um, But. Uh, there has been some pretty cool times, right? Me and Dan bought an inflatable pool, which we've enjoyed, and our dog Zion has enjoyed it, um, but we've also been able to do some more things around the house. Uh, but but one of the difficult things that we had to endure these past couple of weeks is um, having bad internet connection at home. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah. Right, we're in quarantine, we can't go out anywhere, but the internet at our house has sometimes gone up and down, up and down, and it's been a little bit challenging, it's been difficult. And when the connection was bad, we're just like, okay, there's no Netflix, there's no TV, there's no internet, can't use our phones. That's frustrating. We're at home and we can't do anything because there was, a, we had a weak signal because there was a bad connection. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Has that ever happened to any of you? Yeah. Yeah. Right, so child, I hate it, it's been difficult. We also have this uh, dining room uh, table, and it's a beautiful dining room table. It's a a wooden uh, dining room table that Diana picked out. It's beautiful. Uh, But the chairs lately have become unstable. They've become wobbly. And the thing is that some of the screws and bolts in the chairs have started to loosen up. Now, because they're becoming unscrewed, you have a weak chair, right? And just like you can have a bad connection, a bad signal, and you can have screws that become loose. I think our life, the same thing happens, is that we can have a weak life because all of a sudden we have bad connections. Right? We can have a weak life because we have bad connections. Much like a weak signal or a weak chair, our lives become weaker when we are disconnected. Now, now what are the consequences of being disconnected? Right, like because I I I get it, right? There's the consequences of a bad signal is bad internet, the consequences of these screws becoming loose, there's a wobbly chair, but but a disconnected life, the consequences are much, much bigger. Right? Like when you talk about loneliness, when you talk about isolation, when you talk about being alone in your feelings, in your mind, like the consequences can be can be much, much more challenging to overcome. And how can I get over these consequences? That this loneliness brings me because I feel detached, disconnected. I feel alone. Have you been there? I feel like I'm by myself. We have to be careful because there's some dangerous consequences if you follow down that path. If you let your mind, your feelings, your emotions, your soul, your spirit to go down that road of disconnection, there's some big consequences down there. And I really feel that this is the main problem that a lot of us have is that this this disconnection leads to debilitation. Disconnection leads to debilitation. Our lives become weaker when we're disconnected. Our minds become weaker. Our spirit, our soul becomes weaker because we're disconnected. Quarantine, I think, has led to some of us feeling disconnected. Today, are you feeling disconnected? Maybe you're watching online and you're like, okay, this has been great. I've been able to watch church online, but, but I really don't have people I can talk to. I don't have people that I can do life with. Can I tell you something? The enemy wants us to be disconnected. Yeah. Yeah. The enemy wants us to be alone. The enemy doesn't want us to have relationships that can keep us strong, much like a bad signal, much like a wobbly chair. He wants some things to come loose because if he can debilitate you, he can overcome you. Yeah. Right, and so he wants us to to live disconnected because if he can divide you, he can conquer you. Divide and conquer. Quarantine. How have you been through this quarantine? Have you been connected? Have you been talking to people? It's been challenging, right? It's been 13 weeks. And some of us, if we're not in some of these groups and if we're not really doing our best, it's been difficult to feel connected. But can I tell you, this is why I love our Calvary family, right? Through 13 weeks, we've been able to overcome. These challenges of (laughs) disconnection Our church has been on the rise. Come on, we've been able to hang out. That's why I love our connect groups. We're not a church with groups. We're a church of groups. Come on. And they started this past week. All of us should be in a group because all of us, we need connection. All of us need personal relationships. Life can't be done alone. We've said this over and over again. We need people to help us. We need people to pray for us. We need people to be there for us. We need accountability. Come on, I love our church. We've been been able to influence and impact our city no matter what. Church has not stopped by the way. We've never stopped. We've never closed. Our church has been open. We've been moving. We've been helping. Come on. That's what Calvary is all about. We've been connected. Somebody say connected. We've been connected and maybe physically we haven't been able to meet, but we've still been connected. We've been jumping on every Zoom call possible. I think every day there's a a minimum of five Zoom meetings, right? Every single day. I wonder if you have. Who have you been connected to, right? We've been on Zoom calls. We've had dream team meetings. We've had team rallies. We've had connect groups that haven't stopped. It's been amazing. The church has been able to help out so much. We've been able to help out our community. Come on. We've been able to bless first responders. We've been able to help uh, small business owners. Now almost $35,000 in help and response that the church has done for local businesses and local families. We have not said, can't stop, won't stop. That's who we are. We're a church that's connected, and when people have felt alone, and when people felt like they they have no, come on, the church has showed up. When they're like, I don't know if my business is going to make it, I don't know if I can do it, the church has showed up. I think what quarantine has showed us is that the church is never a building. The church is you, and the church is me. The church is all of us together doing life together. That's what the church is. And really what happened 13 weeks ago is that the church left the building. And we infiltrated our city and we infiltrated our families and our circles. And we've been able to show them the light of Christ. Right. The church is we. Right? This is who we are. It's never been about a building. It's about us doing life together. If you look at church history, come on. Our spiritual lineage has been through all kinds of things. We've been through all kinds of challenges. And we've made it. Nothing has been able to stop the church of Jesus Christ. We're talking about persecution. We're talking about being killed alive at the stake. We're talking about division. We're talking about dissension. We're talking about all kinds of things that have come against the church of Jesus Christ. And can I tell you, that Emperor Nero couldn't stop the church. Prisons couldn't stop the church. Right? Graveyards couldn't stop the church. De- denominational divisions couldn't stop the church, yeah. right? COVID couldn't stop right. the church. Right. Racial tension can't stop right. the church. Right. We are one church, one body, one mind, under yeah. one God, one spirit, all of us together. Yeah. The gates of hell will not, come on, we are stronger together. Yeah. We're stronger together. Somebody say stronger together. Stronger together. And I want to tell you this today. A stronger life is the result of a surrounded life. So a stronger life is the result of, a surrounded life you want to have a strong life you need to live surrounded somebody say "Surrounded." surrounded who's next to you who's around you who do i have here with me who's next to me to help me and pick me up and pray for me we're stronger together right the better you are surrounded the better you will be protected right if you want to live a life that's stronger make sure you're surrounded. Anybody glad with the person you got next to you today? Come on. At least if you got somebody at home, smile at them. And if you're by yourself, listen, you got a family right here and we're in this together. Ephesians chapter four is full of gold. I love Ephesians chapter four. I know we just read 16 verses and and it seemed like a lot, but this part of the letter is absolutely important. Paul's writing to a church in a city called Ephesus. Now this church was growing it was thriving. It became one of the biggest church churches in ancient times. This is a massive church, right? It was a fun church in a very diverse, growing city, kind of like our church, right? In the best city in the world, Miami, Florida. Amen. With yeah. yeah, the best sports team, Miami. Um, and and this church is growing and is thriving, but Paul knows it's under pressure. Paul knows that there's difficult times that they are currently facing and they will be facing. Paul knows that there's persecution. Paul knows that there's false teachings. Paul knows that there's division trying to come into the church. And so Paul is writing this letter so that they understand the calling that they have over their life. Individually, but also as a group, corporately. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. Many say it's the exact middle of the letter. Like, this is a very important part of the letter because in the first three chapters, Paul is talking about our vertical relationship, our relationship with God. You got to read the first three chapters of Ephesians. It's absolutely brilliant. It's amazing. If you want to know who you are in Christ and everything that Jesus has done for you, read Ephesians 1 through 3. 1, 2, 3, or 1 through (laughs) 3. You got to read it. It's powerful. It's beautiful. He says, you have been rescued by Jesus. You are now the righteousness of Jesus. It says that he's redeemed us. You, he's now given you every single spiritual blessing that can be found under heaven and in heaven. You now have in Christ. Come on, that's yeah. Ephesians 1, 2, and 3. Everything that Christ has given us by his death, burial, and resurrection. Come on, we're blessed right. in Jesus. Right. And he talks about how now we have a relationship with God in Ephesians 1, 2, and 3 because of Jesus Christ. right? But then he gets to chapter 4. And this is where it begins to change. In fact, one commentator said that chapter 4, verse 1 is the hinge of the letter. Meaning this is where the letter now begins to change from a vertical relationship to a horizontal relationship. Where now because of chapters 1, 2, and 3, now you're going to learn to live chapters 4, 5, and 6. Our vertical relationships should always affect our horizontal relationships. Because of what Jesus Christ has done in our life. Now we should be able to have better relationships with our friends, with our families, with our husbands, with our wives, with our brothers, with our sisters. Like it changes the way we live. And so Paul says in chapter four, verse one, as a prisoner of the Lord. Oh, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Oh, God has done a lot for you and for me. And because he's done a lot in us, it should change the way we live with each other. And he says, now we are one body, one spirit, one church, all under one father and one God. Mm -hmm. In other words, he's writing, remember, to mostly a Jewish crowd who before had these tensions with the Gentiles. And he says, hey, there's only one door under the father, and that's Jesus Christ. And everybody must enter this door, which is called Jesus it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. It doesn't matter. I don't care what your lifestyle may be. You need to come in through this door called Jesus. And to come in through this door, you need to get off your high horse. Whether that's a skin color mentality, whether it's a financial mentality, whether that's a class mentality, whether that's the Jew who thinks that he has it all together and he was righteous before God, or whether that was the Greek or the one who thought that their intellect will make them right with God. Get off, off that high horse. You need to come in through the door called Jesus. And in Jesus, all of us are equal. In Jesus, we all realize we don't have it all together, but through him, we can get it all together. We all have to come in through Jesus. And so Paul is saying, hey, all of us are now one. It's the door. It's Jesus. Anybody grateful for the door? Come on. I can come in through the door regardless of my background. I can come in through the door regardless of what I've been through. I can come in through the door regardless of my mistakes, my flaws, my failures. We can go in through the door called Jesus. Jesus. And so Paul basically is saying, if it was love that saved me, it should be love that shapes me. If love saved me, let this love now shape me. The way I act, interact with people. Now again, what the enemy wants to do is come and divide us. What the enemy wants to do is come and, and leave us in isolation. No relationship. He wants us divided. He wants us bickering and he wants us fighting Fighting over attitudes and fighting over words that were said and being offended. Fighting over sk- the, the, the color of our skin. Fighting over how much money you have or I have. We, like, w- there's fights all over the place yeah, yeah, yeah. so that we can be divided. Because if he can divide us, he can overcome us. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons the church hasn't done more in recent history is probably because we've allowed a lot of divisions to come in. Mm-hmm. What can we do? There's three things I think that the enemy tries to bring in to divide us. I think number one, he tries to disengage us. Yep. Disengagement is huge. Disengagement. Oh, don't live a life that's engaged with the body. Don't live a life that's engaged with the church. Be disengaged. Number one, one of the methods is disengagement. Number two, disillusion or disenchantment, right? Like, ah, oh, this is not everything I thought it would be. I thought Church was perfect. <laughs> right? Disillusioned. And then number three, disagreements. Mm. The three methods I think that the enemy uses to leave us in isolation by ourselves, not living stronger together, is disengagement, disillusion, and disagreements. What what do we do to fight these methods? Because I believe we're living in times where we need to be more together than ever before. Right. That's right. Yep. Yep. And the enemy will lie to us and say, no, now you need to be, hey, now you need to just worry about yourself. Because of COVID, because of the things going on in the street, because of racial tension, you just need to look out for yourself. It's survival of the fittest. I disagree. And I oppose it. I say right now we need to come together more than ever before. And we've seen it in the church. We're being together. We have been stronger even during this quarantine. What do we do? What do we do to overcome these challenges? Well, I'll say number one, To fight disengagement, I'm going to give you just three things and then we'll pray and and then we'll all go have an incredible day. And it's good to see all of you who haven't seen in a long time. (laughs) But uh, three things that I think will help us overcome these three methods that the enemy uses. Well, to fight disengagement, what do we do? Well, I think, number one, we have to realize that the church is not built on feelings. Number one, it's built on faith. It's built on faith because the enemy will come and say hey don't don't get connected today come on it's sunday you're still in your pajamas <laughs> just stay in bed hang out don't go to that team rally this week you don't have to get on another zoom call and go to that connect group hey don't don't worry about it just disengage for a little bit you've had enough zoom calls <laughs> right you've had enough meetings have you ever woke up and not felt it can we be honest like I didn't feel like being in church. You ever been there? I didn't feel like being yeah, in church today. I didn't feel... Yeah, yeah. Have you ever woken up and not felt like talking to anybody? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that just me? Yeah. Come on, me and Dana, we, we're honest with each other. <laughs> and we've gotten to that part where it's just, today's not the day. I just don't feel like talking. I just don't... I don't know. why. Well, I, I don't know. I'm annoyed at myself. I just don't feel like talking. You've been there? Yeah. All right? But if you live your life based on those feelings, it'll take you to a very bad place. Yeah, that's good. That's right. Especially when it comes to the body of Jesus Christ. Do I follow my feelings... Or do I follow my faith? Right, don't let your emotions dictate the direction of your life. Don't let your feelings determine where you're going to go. Because some days you're going to wake up and you're not going to feel it. I got Jose here, and I love Jose. Jose's become an incredible friend of mine. And during quarantine, he hasn't been working uh, either, so he's been coming over the house and kind of training me. You know, I know you can tell on camera. He's been training me, and. <laughs> He laughed a little too hard, but he's been training me, and, and uh, last week he came over, and I'm not going to lie, I didn't feel it at all. I wasn't feeling it one bit. Some days I wake up, and I'm like, let's go. Jose, I'm going to outwork you. Yeah, it was, I think, last Thursday, and I, I kind of woke up, and I'm like, I don't feel like doing anything today. Jose, I'm going to grab these bands and these dumbbells. I'm going to throw them out to the backyard as far as I can. Like, let's just walk. <laughs> like, forget work. I'm going to take a walk. I'm gonna, that's, what, that's all I feel like doing. But if I based it on my feelings, I would never get better. If I base my life on my feelings, I would never grow. I would never be challenged. It would never stretch me because feelings don't come to stretch you. Feelings come to make you comfortable. And so what am I doing? Am I going to gonna stay in my comfortable feelings or am I going to allow God to stretch me? God, I don't feel like getting on this call, but I'm going to get on this call. I don't feel like answering this text, but I'm going to answer this text. It may be a pastor, a leader, or a friend checking on you, and, and you don't feel like answering, but don't follow your feelings. The, the body of Jesus Christ has never been about feelings. Yeah. I don't feel like attending. I don't feel like going. I don't feel like gathering. I don't feel like seeing anybody. Be careful with your feelings because they'll deceive you. Yeah. We've said this before. Emotions are great passengers, but terrible drivers. Yeah. Don't go based on feelings. It's faith. It's by faith that the body's being joined together. It's by faith that we make each other better. It's by faith that you can help me and I can help you. It's yeah. by faith that we're one body under one God. Right. It's by faith yeah. that together yeah. we're growing as iron sharpens iron. Right. It's yeah. by faith yeah. that we serve God yeah. together. It's not by my feelings. It's not because I've been offended. It's not because I'm mad. It's not because I'm annoyed. It's by faith that yeah. I choose to show up. Because I know that when I show up, I'm going to grow and I'm going to get better not based on my feelings. That's why I love what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter three. Proverbs chapter three, verse five says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Don't lean on your own feelings. Don't lean on your own understanding. It's not on feelings. It's built on faith. Somebody say faith. Faith. What do we do with disillusion? Disillusion, disenchantment. I thought church was going to be different. I thought this connect group is going to be different. But man, I see people that are just like the people at my workplace. You ever heard that? People are like, man, I love church, but I find people there just like I do it at my workplace. Well, I mean, nobody said it was gonna be this utopia of right, perfect people. Right. We're all imperfect people. Yeah. And so to fight feelings, it's built on faith. To fight this illusion, we realize that it is formed in hope. The body of Jesus Christ is formed in hope. In other words, we're not built and formed by illusions or false dreams, false ideologies, but we are formed by hope and the high calling that he has over our life. Yes. Yeah. It's by hope, real hope. Yeah. We're not in this together because we, we say, hey, it's all gonna be amazing, we're all gonna sing together, we're all gonna hold each other's hands and sing Kumbaya, and there's never gonna be an offense, there's never gonna be a battle, there's never gonna be uh, some kind of attitude that comes out. No, we realize that we're all imperfect. Yeah. We realize that there's attitudes that we don't like. There's things that we don't like, maybe possibly about each other. Not in this room, other rooms, <laughs> right? But but we realize that, that we are imperfect people, but we choose to be together because there's a higher hope Amen. that one day we're all going to look more like Jesus yeah. as we do this life together. God has a way of perfecting us through imperfect situations and imperfect people. And so all we want is this false illusion this false utopia of all this get together and just love one another and that there's never going to be a problem, that's false. And that's false hope. But we have a real hope in Jesus. That's why I love what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, at the beginning of the letter, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. We have an inheritance together as a people. It's not going to be perfect. It's not always going to be pretty. There's going to be people that are going to get you angry. There's going to be people that are going to offend you. But guess what? There's a hope in his people. There's not a hope in just one person. There's a hope in all of us together as a people. That's our inheritance. And so we're formed by hope. We're not formed by false ideologies or a false vision that this is going to be amazing. And we're always going to love each other. And we're always going to smile and walk on rainbows. No, some days there's going to be offense. Some days we're going to get angry. Some days a leader or a pastor may upset us. But there's a hope that this is the body of Jesus. And together we can change the world. And together we can influence a city. Come on, it's together. We're stronger together. And so we're built on faith and we're formed in hope. And there's a higher hope. I'm standing in the hope that together we can look more like Jesus. Amen. I'll bring my challenges. You bring your challenges. But we're going to work this out together. And we're going to live this out together. We're going to look more like him as we do life together. Holding one, each other, one another accountable. Hey, how's your life been? How's, how's my life been? What are those challenges that you're going through? And so we're formed by hope. Three things. Number one, we are built on faith. We are formed in hope. And number three, we are kept by love. Kept by love. Because there's going to be disagreements everywhere. What do we do with the disagreements? There's disagreements. Sometimes you disagree with yourself. (laughs) Right? And so what do we expect about always agreeing with everybody else? I think we're living in a dangerous culture that says, if you disagree with me, you don't like me. And if you disagree with me, then you must hate me or I must hate you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And our culture is not allowing us to build relationships on disagreements. And I think the church has to change that because we're never going to agree. We're never going to agree on everything. You don't agree with yourself. You don't agree with your spouse sometimes. You don't agree with your family. You don't agree with your brother or your sister. Disagreements happen everywhere. But what we have to realize is that there's a greater goal. Can we agree to disagree and still love and keep the faith and keep the unity in the body. It's like a football team. Football's about to start, hopefully. And um, football's absolutely amazing. I I love football, but football is a bunch of individuals coming together for a common goal. Like the quarterback can't go out there to face the other team by himself. Who's he going to throw the ball to? Well, where's the rest of your team? I disagree with them. So they're not coming out on the field. Okay, so what are you going to do? I'm going to do this together. Okay, so you're going to throw the ball to yourself. Yeah, I can do it. Like, that just makes no sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I may not I may not agree with my teammates on everything, but we're going to build a team that can go out there and score some touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a championship that we're after. And so we gather together and we huddle together. And and we may not like the play that we're choosing, but this is the play we're choosing. Mm-hmm. I may disagree with it. I may not like it, but this is what we're doing together. As one team, one mind. How much more should the church have that mentality? Yeah. And so we huddle together to get around God's word and say, God, God, I hope your word like just challenges us and comes to purify us and come to make us better. And then we're going to go out and we're going to change the world. And we may not all agree on the way that we're doing it, but we're going to score some touchdowns because there's love that keeps us together. Love for Jesus. Love for the cross that saves all of humanity. Love for one another. Love for humanity as a whole to realize that we are in need of Jesus as a country, as a world. Let this love keep us together. Let this love drive us. Let this love be the common goal that we all have. I may disagree with you, but because of love, come on, let's do this together. We got to reach a generation. We got to reach a world that is lost without you. Let love lead us and guide us. And so we're kept by love. Has love led us? Have I been making decisions out of love or out of my own attitude, desires, and wants? Have I really been loving my neighbor? That's a whole other teaching. Have I loved my neighbor for real? Or have I disagreed with him and decided to go down my own path? Have I disagreed with him and so I've looked the other way and not helped him to get better in his situation? we gather together and we huddle. We're, we're huddling today on Sunday. You know, like just like a football team, we don't stay in the huddle. Right. Mm-hmm. We get in the huddle, we choose to play, and then let's go out and influence and impact our world. Yeah. 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 The common goal here is we need to score some touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. And that's to see that people meet Jesus. Yeah. The only one that can save us. The only one that can help us. You know what I love about these past 13, 14 weeks? We may not have all agreed whether the building should be open, whether the building should be closed, whether we should do online church, whether we should do a church on the lawn every single Sunday. I don't know what the the discussions have been, but we've agreed this is how we're going to do it. And we've been able to impact this city and influence people all around the world. Because we're all in this together with one goal, one spirit, one mind. We need each other. We can't live alone. We can't live isolated. There's dangerous consequences. But a stronger life comes from a life that's surrounded. Today, can you surround yourself with relationships that you may not necessarily like, but they come to make you better? Come on, let's do this. And we're kept by love. Because I can't live alone and you can't live alone. We got some touchdowns to score. Personally and also corporately. Come on, let's go change the world together. Can we do this? Can we say, besides my individual wants, we're going to live this thing out together. I love what Paul says, and I'll finish with this. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. I'll finish with this. And again, my prayer for you is that you wouldn't live life alone. That you would realize we are stronger together. You're so much stronger together. Your life will be so much better if you surround yourself with people who love you, will challenge you. Not just people who say yes to everything, but people who will challenge you. And people who will bring out and say, hey, I, did, I didn't like this. Or what was this all about? They come to make you better. And instead of disagreeing, we realize, well, wait, we are stronger together. And we can overcome so much more in our lives. And together, if we realize relationships is what it's all about. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, Paul says, I appeal to you. In other words, I'm asking you to please look at this. Think about this, Paul says. Brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there will be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. That seems impossible. And I don't think Paul is saying, hey, you you are always going to agree, but let's even agree to disagree. But let's do it together. We may not see eye to eye here, but but there's a bigger goal. There's a touchdown to score. And that's for you to look more like Jesus and for me to look more like Jesus. And that's for the world to know Jesus. Have we been there? Have we been there? I don't know. Have we? Let's really reflect today and say, God, have I have I been that loving person? Or, or have I let disagreements, disillusions, and have I let detachment, disengagement, rule my life? I don't feel like joining. I don't feel like engaging with nobody. I'm not happy with the way this is working out. I don't agree with somebody. And it leaves us in isolation and living life alone. Come on, can we pray with eyes closed and head bowed all over this place? Maybe you're watching today and you've been there. You say, Alex, I've been living this life by myself. Quarantine has left me feeling more isolated. Maybe you're watching today and you say, "I, I don't have anybody in my life. Yeah, I've chosen to disengage. I've chosen not to pursue relationships. I've chosen not to go after relationships that matter and and that can challenge me and help me grow. And I've decided to be disengaged. Or I've let the illusion of what I thought it would be get in the way. And so disillusionment and uh, disenchantment has left me lonely. Have you been there? We've all been there. Or disagreements. You haven't agreed with something, and so now you're living life by yourself. It's a dangerous world. Today, let's realize we're stronger together. Unity only happens with Jesus Christ. He's the one that brings all of us together, regardless of our backgrounds, regardless of our class, regardless of our financial status, regardless of our race. The solution of the world today is not better legislation is Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, the solution of the world today is Jesus, that we would all realize we are reconciled in him. Today, if you're living this life that's been isolated by yourself, can I tell you, you need a relationship with Jesus. He loves you so much. I'm gonna ask you, wherever you are, if you can't pay attention, if you can't pay attention for the next few moments, If you're watching today and you say, Alex, I don't have a relationship with God. I feel far from God. Somebody invited me to watch this. They shared it on my timeline. And and I'm just watching church, but I feel far from God. I don't know if God really desires a relationship with me. I want to tell you that God loves you so, so much. It's not a coincidence that you're watching this today. He loves you. He's after you. And maybe you're saying, Alex, but I'm far from perfect. You don't know where I've been or what I've done. Can I tell you, I don't, but God does. And he loves you still and he's pursuing you still. He loves you so much. The Bible says none of us are perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. None of us are. We've all done wrong, said wrong, thought wrong. The Bible says that every single one of us, we are sinners. And our sin separates us from Jesus. But God loved us so, so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus. And the Bible says that Jesus came and he grabbed my sin, your sin, all of our flaws, all of our mistakes, all of our failures. Jesus took them on his shoulders. He went up on a cross and on that cross, Jesus died for our sins. He died for me and he died for you. Can I tell you, you don't have to keep carrying around that sin, that shame. You don't have to keep carrying around that guilt. Jesus died for you to set you free and to give you a brand new life. If you're watching today and you say, Alex, I need a brand new life. I need a brand new beginning. I'm tired of being sick and tired. I need this brand new life. I don't want to keep living this way. I don't want to keep living this life by myself, alone, isolated. I want to have God in my life. I'm going to give you an opportunity. Today, if you're watching and you say, Alex, I want a relationship with Jesus, what do I have to do? The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 10, that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Let me give you an opportunity. If you're watching, and you say, I want a relationship with Jesus. I want you to say this prayer with me right there where you're at. If you you can, if you're able to, close your eyes and bow your head. Say this prayer after me. You can talk to God any place, anywhere. I'm just going to make this first one easy. Repeat after me. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I'm forgiven, I'm saved, and I'm healed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Come on, can we celebrate and congratulate every person? Come on, if you made that decision today, we want to congratulate you. In fact, we want to come alongside of you and help you on this brand new journey. Send us a text. Send the word DECIDED to 33222, and we want to send you a Bible. And we want to come alongside of you and help you. Come on, we're all on a journey together, and I believe that life is better together, and we are stronger together. Amen. Hey, the rest of us, let's pray really quick. We're going to pray for our relationships. We're going to pray that we would be a church, that we realize we are stronger together. Come on, one more time. Look at the person around you and tell them we're stronger together. Come on, we're stronger together. I need you, and you need me. (laughs) And we're all in this together, that we would look past our disagreements, that we would look past our feelings, or past our ideas or ideologies, and we would realize that there's one body that he's building up, and it's the Church of Jesus Christ. And so maybe today you have been lonely, isolated. You've chosen to disengage. Today, come on, let's engage. And say, I'm gonna get in a connect group. I'm gonna go to growth track. I'm going to be a part of what God is doing. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for each and every person, God, in this room and each and every single person that's connected. God, we pray that we would be people that would look past the schemes and the plans of the enemy to come and leave us with this life that's isolated by ourselves. But, God, that we would be people that would engage. We would engage with your body. We would fight our feelings, God. And we would understand that it's by faith. God, that we would look past our visions or ideas of what we thought church would be, but God, that we would realize that we're formed by hope, hope in the calling that you've called us, God, and together we will look like Jesus, and God, that we would also realize that it's not about us, and even though we disagree, we're kept by his love, and we're kept by loving one another and loving Jesus and understanding that together we are stronger. So God, I pray for healing in relationships. If somebody's watching today and they need healing in their relationship with somebody in their church, If somebody's watching today and they they need to ask for forgiveness, if there's been offense, if there's been things in our heart that have kept us from engaging, that have kept us at a distance, God, begin to heal hearts right now in the name of Jesus. That we realize we're stronger together. That if COVID came to show anything, it came to show us that we are better together, stronger together, realizing that we're the body of Jesus Christ. And we're going to take care of one another regardless of a pandemic, regardless of finances, regardless of our color, of our skin. We are in this together. And so God, help heal, restore. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Come on, let's give God a big praise. Oh, it's been good hanging out with each and every single one of you. We love you, and hopefully we'll see some of you in here next week. Make sure you get in a connect group. They started this past week, so make sure that you're in one. For the rest of you, hey, keep watching this week. We'll be doing a whole bunch of stuff on social media. Follow us at Calvary Miami. We love you. Come on. Let's give them a big hand one more time. We love you. We'll see you next week. Hey, church. We hope that you were encouraged by today's message, remembering that we are stronger together. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, make sure that you send us a text to the number on the screen. Remember that this week we kicked off Connect Groups, and there's a Connect Group out there for you. Visit cj.calvaryconnect.com and join a group today. But hey, that's it. We hope that you have an incredible week. We'll see you next Sunday, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.